second season of Cinema Obscura. This is episode one with me, your co-host, Casey Rafter. I'm the co-copy editor of the State Hornet. Hello, I'm your main co-host, uh, James Fife. I am the podcast editor of the State Hornet. I'm Alyssa Branham, and I'm the visual staffer at the State Hornet. And I'm Jacob Peterson, and I'm the visuals editor at, here at State Hornet. Ah, we're all in the State Hornet. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy, right? Amazing, even. Okay, uh, here are the rules to Cinema Obscura. We've each, as groups, given each other three movies, and we have each, as groups, chose one movie out of those three. We gave you Knights of Badassdom with Steve Zahn and Peter Dinklage, uh, Cable Guy with Jim Carrey and Matthew Broderick, and Rubber with Attire. <laughs> we gave you guys Excalibur from 1981 with Helen Mirren, Liam Neeson, and Nigel Terry. We gave you Mermaids from 1990 with Winona Ryder, Cher, and Christina Ritchie. And then we also gave you Aquila and the Bee from 2006 with Kiki Palmer, Lawrence Fishburne, and Angela Bassett. Awesome. All right. So out of the three movies you guys gave us, we chose Excalibur. I knew it. Yeah. <laughs> I knew I knew you guys were going to go for um, the other two. Patrick Stewart. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Who yeah, looks was, the same in every movie he's in. Yeah, um, that's the only reason I recognized him. I was like, what is he doing here? Why does he have a goatee? <laughs> yeah, and I couldn't tell. Did he have, was he supposed to have like a birthmark or was it blood on his face for most I of the scenes? I don't know. He was, he was barely in the movie. That's true. I he was a believe C it was character, blood. not even a B character. Yeah. Uh, all right, what movie did you guys pick? We chose The Cable Guy. <laughs> great. Yes. <laughs> Love The Cable Guy. Great, you guys great film. Great film. So what did you think you were getting into with this movie? So I'll be honest, I'm actually not a super big Jim Carrey guy. How how dare Oh you? no. An atrocity. So I so I was kind of aware going in that I was to kind of temper expectations just because there are movies of his that I do like like I like The Mask is probably my favorite of his. So I was kind of already going into it aware of okay he's going to be wacky Jim Carrey, which he was. Yeah, he does not disappoint being wacky in that movie for sure. Yeah, and we'll we'll get to favorite Jim Carrey movies here in a bit. What was the the plot of the movie? Uh, basically, this guy, portrayed by Matthew Broderick, calls for a cable guy. He comes in and he tries to fix it, but he doesn't expect that he runs into Jim Carrey, who basically makes it his mission to ruin this guy's life before a very dramatic... Or make it better, <laughs> in I mean, some's perspective. Yeah. At least Less his. boring, for sure. Oh, yeah. yeah. He definitely adds some excitement to his life, but... His, mm. He was just spiraling the whole movie. And then Jim Carrey was like, let me sprinkle a little bit of unhinged and, and, energy in there and make it worse. Yeah. Did you? What did you think of getting into watching this movie? I knew it was going to be unhinged. First of all, it's Jim Carrey. Love him. But I wasn't expecting him to have an antagonist role. Ah. Yeah. Because yeah. he usually you don't plays... Really, you don't... The Grinch is probably the only one I yeah. can think of. Well, The Grinch yeah. and like The Riddler. Oh, right. Yeah, oh, yeah. that's, that's right. a big one. Are the only two one. that I can think of. Yeah that he plays an antagonist so it was interesting to see him and he had a lot of creative direction in this role I believe because mm -hmm. he really throws himself into every role he plays but he got very wild with some of the scenes the prison <laughs> visit comes to mind first oh. Oh, I think yeah. the one that comes to mind is um, medieval medieval times oh, oh hello Clarice <laughs> yeah it's lovely to see you again I'm like oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> I was so excited when I, that movie came out because my family and I had just gone to medieval times for like, you know, like the only time that I'd been to it as a kid and everything. And then this movie comes out and I was like, I was just there. <laughs> and it's Jim Carrey. So excited. I had the same service as that one lady. <laughs> yeah. I will say that medieval times, I don't think they allow guests to no. suit up anymore and 
to charge at each other with swords and stuff. Rightfully so. I think that he just got a pass for yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> my, favorite, scary. <laughs> my favorite part of that is when he just like, they just bring out like the Star Trek thing. She's like, oh, they just have those sitting yeah. around. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so I, I, we, I don't know if we just talked about it, but what, what were your like favorite scenes in this movie? Well, the, <laughs> the medieval times night battle with the hello crit. Clarice. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the prison visit were two of mine with the oh Billy. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, <God>. oh Billy. <laughs> That's one of my favorites. I mean, those two are definitely for me as well. I think another thing is kind of the karaoke party where he's singing the Jefferson Airplane song, which <laughs> now the name is not hitting me for it, but just going crazy on that. And it was act- somebody to love that he sang, right? Yeah. I remember watching that. I'd seen it in theaters, I believe. Then I watched it again with my parents when it came out on rental. That's right, guys. That's how old I am. Um, <laughs> but, oh, uh, I was going to say this is a blockbuster movie. Oh, for yeah. sure. Hollywood video. Yeah. <laughs> well, we we like had our own little like country town general store that rented movies. Anyway, I remember watching <laughs> it with my dad and my dad being so excited like about Box? that because Jim Carrey does a really good job of singing that song. And it was a song that came from like kind of my dad's era, maybe a little bit before. So it was like him having this involvement with the movie that I was also excited about because uh, Medieval Times and Jim Carrey, so. Why does no one talk about how he's such a good singer? Right. (laughs) But there's that, and then there's also kind of like the nightmare scene that Matthew Broderick's character has later on. Yeah, it's a a bit of a crazy one. What I kind of appreciate about it is it starts off, you don't realize it's kind of a nightmare. Like, it's it's actually really well done, where it's kind of like, you only start to notice like midway through it's like oh wait no this isn't actually happening yeah yeah what would you say is your like favorite jim carrey film i said before but the mask the mask yeah yeah oh th- yeah you did all right uh, uh i'm a dumb and dumber stan oh different I, levels of zany for jim yeah. carrey like the mask <laughs> is this obviously cartoonish character and dumb and dumber like just be as stupid as possible on screen <laughs> and then we've got this one where it's like be as crazy as you possibly can on screen which I think he was also doing at the Riddler. What's the weirdest I can be to this dude? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and get away with it. He has such good quotes in this movie, though. Like, you set yourself up. Like, how he's manipulative. <laughs> I, I Gaslighting him. <laughs> I, yeah, I was describing him as gaslight gatekeep girl boss. <laughs> but he's like, you set yourself up. I can either be your best friend or your worst enemy. He says that with a lisp, though. I could be your best friend. I, yeah, I was not going to do that. Such a weird guy. <laughs> but it's proven true. Steve, my lisp is gone. (laughs) So have you guys ever had like roommates or neighbors or friends that just come over unexpectedly? This is obviously an extreme version of that, but have you had that kind of experience where there's just this unwelcome presence in your lives on a regular basis? I have it written down as friend. That's definitely not your friend. Just a dude. Just a guy that comes up. Just a dude. Yeah. Someone who wants to be your friend, who just like wiggles his way into your life. Yeah. Has that ever happened to either of you guys? I mean, I've been stalked, but not like... Not nothing like this. It wasn't yeah. fun. Yeah. <laughs> nothing crazy. Yeah. To yeah. this level. Yeah. No. I think. I think in most cases, I'm probably that person. <laughs> oh I was about God. to say it's <laughs> true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Not to this I, I level, obviously, but yeah. like. Awesome. Uh, would you guys recommend it to anybody? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I would force someone to watch this with me. Beautiful. <laughs> on like a Saturday night. This is us. <laughs> <laughs> so neither of you had seen it before, though. Yeah. I had seen it in like parts many years ago. I've seen it a long time ago, too. Yeah. I think I saw this like shortly after high school. I was like, oh, wow, this is a Jim Carrey film I don't think I've heard of. Oh, wow. But yeah. th- this is the movie where I know the Hello Clarice from, like the reference oh, to Silence of the Lambs. You saw the reference before the movie. Yeah. It happens a bit, actually. But I love Silence of the Lambs, so it, it just made it better. 
Yeah. Moving swiftly along to Excalibur, Casey, why don't you just give us the plot? I mean, it's just King Arthur. Yeah, basically the <laughs> entire tale of Merlin and Ex- and Excalibur and uh, King Arthur is told in this film for two hours and 20 minutes. I wasn't counting. <laughs> <laughs> but we get to, you know, we're introduced to his father, Uther. We're introduced to how he came about and what happened to his, uh, you know, how he was brought up by Merlin, as well as the whole Sword and the Stone story, because it's passed on from his father to uh, his son kind of unintentionally we don't know you know that at, at the moment that his son's going to get it and then moving beyond that the knights of the round table and about the midway point when merlin is like i'm done with everybody i think oh okay you know we might be seeing the credits soon no we have another hour and that's when uh, <laughs> we actually see the story of the the holy grail which i think everybody knows about but it may not be known that there is a link between the holy grail and arthur but that's certainly where that whole story comes from the the knights going out to try to seek out the the holy grail um because arthur says so the knights of the round table tis a silly place i guess first question would be how do you guys feel about kind of what you thought you were getting into kind of watching the movie uh well i knew it was going to be a king arthur story which is a story that i've heard god this that story is so like it's i'm not gonna say overused because it's actually it's a good story Mm -hmm. it's a obviously it lasted centuries it's just a, a really good story. I, need, I think they need to do it again, the type of <laughs> film, because the effects in this were like pretty good, except the blood. That was very not much, <laughs> yeah. very much not blood at all. Um, also, the I didn't know how kind of star-studded this cast was. Yeah. It was mm-hmm. very surprising. Like one second I'm sitting there, I'm like, I don't know who any of these people are. I, was that Jean-Luc Picard that just walked <laughs> by screen yeah. for 10 seconds? What happened there? Is that Liam Neeson? <laughs> Why does he look so different? Yeah, and also, like, you keep saying Jean-Luc Picard, but he's, Picard, but he's also uh, Xavier. Yeah, you know, Xavier. So Patrick, Patrick Stewart. Stewart. Yeah, Patrick Stewart. I think he was um, also King Arthur in another movie, too. Oh, I think damn. you're right. Yeah, I he think was. You're right. Yeah. And then we also have Helen Mirren in there, who's, you know, gained a lot of... Uh, a acclaim. very young Helen Mirren. Very young. Yeah. And then, uh, I don't know if you guys know who these other two are, but Gabriel Byrne, who was in an episode of Lie to Me, I think. Mm. Nope, he was in a season of some HBO show. Um, and he's he's a pretty popular actor. And Kieran Hines, who was in an HBO show called Rome as uh, Caesar, and he also plays Aberforth Dumbledore, Dumbledore's brother, in the Harry mm-hmm. Potter movies. Definitely um, Hollows, yeah. So you you would recognize those people just from that. But yeah, and oddly, like it's peppered with stars. I wouldn't say star-studded, because they were not stars at the time, but they have become since then. Um, there's also a very like hidden find in there. If anybody watches the British film or show Keeping Up Appearances from like way back, uh, the husband from that show plays Arthur's like stepdad or like foster dad in the show or in the movie. That is, it's so weird. Yeah. Like when I like I, I paused the movie, brought my roommate in, and I'm like, "Do you know who that is?" And he goes, "Yeah, she looks vaguely familiar." I'm like, "That's Helen Mirren." Yeah. He's like, "What?" <laughs> What is and I was like I, I skipped back a couple scenes. I was like, and that is and he's like, Oh, that's Patrick Stewart. What's he doing in this movie? I'm right. like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why he's in this movie. I don't know anybody else on the like the main role of the cast. They got like the second bidding right. of that movie, undeservingly, although it was nineteen eighty one, so they weren't, I guess, too well known. They just paid to pop in yeah. real quick. Yeah. I love the director though, John Berman may really, really great movies. He made a movie called Deliverance, which if you guys haven't seen, uh, you definitely should. It's a fantastic movie. And he made another one called Emerald Forest about a kid that gets left in a rainforest and then the parents go back to find him and he's just been like raised by the people of that nation or whatever that live in the forest. Both movies really, really, really visually beautiful, just like Ooh. this movie was. Had a lot of green imagery in both of those films, actually. And I had a lot of questions about like 
symbolism in the film because it seemed like green, you know, what you see the sheen of the green on the the sort of power throughout the film meant power or meant, you know, like somebody having success and then red or fire meaning the exact opposite destruction because Mm -hmm. anytime you see that in the film, that's what's going on. I also kept seeing crows and I thought they were linked to Merlin and they seemed to be, but they show up when he's not around anymore in the film. And so that kind of dispelled that. Crows are linked to uh, Morgan Le Fay. Or she's not called Morgan Le Fay in the film. She's called Morgana. Right. But mm-hmm. Morgan yeah. Le Fay. I think that's what... They, are they linked to her, I wonder? They might be. Because every be. time or just she's magic. on screen, there's just like a weird radio. Yeah. I thought it maybe it crow. was a like Merlin keeping an eye on everything Ooh, yeah. type of thing. Ah, yeah. so like using could, the crows yeah. when he's not there. Yeah. I know the directors talked about kind of the theme. It's supposed to be kind of a thing of like decay and then rebirth and okay. that kind of stuff. And like mm-hmm. essentially the end of it is kind of like the end of like the with Merlin going away representing like the end of kind of like the pagan religions in Europe and that and yeah. kind of the ushering the story of, of Brittany yeah because he talks about Merlin talks about the the end of the time of gods and the the coming of the time of man so the references kind of, to the dragon yeah the dragon also yeah. special effects like you were saying really really cool the dragon's breath being something that he can like travel on over this like water was really cool uh the scene where uh Lancelot stabs himself accidentally in his sleep I, I watch him pull the sword out of his side and it it's not some like obvious makeup where he's got a patch on the side at all. It really looked very real other than the blood. It reminded me from callback from another cinema obscura of uh, Black Hole a little bit yeah. with their effects. Yeah. Hey, you were on that episode actually. That was also <laughs> my recommendation. <laughs> I recommend very visually interesting but very boring Surreal movies. movies. <laughs> yeah, and I, I would call Excur- Excalibur a surreal kind of movie Absolutely. in some scenes yes. at least especially when like one of the nights Perci- Percivus right when he like dies mm. Percival the Percival guy, sorry yeah. yeah and he like goes like he's like at the at the door of heaven I'm, right. I'm putting air quotes in this <laughs> would you guys believe me if I told you that originally in production this started as Lord of the Rings movie wow <laughs> what you know what visually yes I really? would believe you yeah. it's really interesting so, it's so good the, uh, the director I've been trying to get this uh, in production because it's based on a 15th century thing like uh, La Morte de Arthur which is basically like the entire Ar- Arthurian yeah. legend yeah. Yeah. yeah and originally it was like a three hour script oh, and he's trying since like 1968 <laughs> and people are basically saying no, but we do have this Lord of the Rings script. Right. <laughs> and then they didn't do it and yeah. then waited another 30 years to do it. To do Lord of the Rings. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, there's there's a whole thing about like that. Like if you've ever seen like the Ralph Bakshi animated yes. Lord of the Rings. Like, Which are worth thing. a watch. Definitely yeah. good. Mm-hmm. I also wanted to say something about the armor in this film. Nobody oh, takes their yeah. armor off. We're having sex with armor. We're having dinner with armor. They must smell I didn't even terrible. notice that. Can you imagine what you would smell? And you're getting pinched all the time from the different angles of the armor. Oh, my God. Yeah. The armor is really cool looking, but they yeah, do is. just... I think that's why they wear it all the time. Like, this thing it just gleams cool. right it, for it, them. It hits the camera right. That's yeah, right. That's true. Uh, just obviously, you mentioned kind of the actors in there who would become later stars, Liam Neeson and Patrick Stewart. This was actually a movie that was kind of considered really important with Irish cinema because it's all shot on set there. What had you kind of feel about some of that setting kind of seeing it I've, you mentioned before a lot of the green in there casey yeah and just kind of the shots they have you said what i what kind of cinema irish irish cinema oh irish cinema okay yeah. i was gonna let you go first okay yeah. <laughs> so I, I that's the setting is something that's really familiar to me and something that i enjoy because we live in california so if you travel a few hours north we can be in a setting very similar to that in the redwood forest we have and then there are movies that you know i grew up on like lord of the rings that kind of use that same setting and from new zealand so just to see the sameness 
in different parts. And obviously now we have that same setting happen with Star Wars or yeah, Star Wars movies. Um, I, I, I really love that. I feel like I'm at home in the forest anyway. So anytime that it was on that, that seeming, uh, the scenery was, was really striking. And uh, the edit of the film that James and I watched was really clear, at least on my laptop, it was really clear and well done. So the transfer has been taken very well care of. Uh, and, and it was just beautiful setting throughout. Yeah, I did. I did like the setting in this film. I, it's it kind of reminded me that yeah, back then it wasn't like cities, towns, and stuff. It was like literal camps of stuff, except like Camelot, which was like built up from the ground up. I guess to, uh, what was that castle made of silver or whatever it is. Um, yeah, I did like I did like how they pull off the uh, the cinematography and um, and forests and stuff like that. I, I very much doubt that Mordred didn't see Percival behind that tree, you know. And that I'm like, you saw him. Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, oh, it must have been another tree. But yeah, I did love the setting and how it reflects that time period. It's really, it's a really cool period piece. So the story is written in the 1400s. You talking about how you know, like back then we didn't really have cities and stuff like that. Well, obviously, you know. Well, we did, but not not in not the way. At, at yeah. the grand scale they are now. Yeah. But even Percival says, "Oh, you know, the world's not that big because he's told that it's going to take 20 days to get to to Camelot." So just that More that ways. perception of not even knowing what the map the true map of the world would look like is is kind of charming yeah i was gonna ask was there a specific scene that you think could have just been taken out because personally (laughs) for me it's when morgana it's like her death scene oh yeah and she's just suddenly strangled (laughs) as an old lady from merlin i think that there i could pick about 30 to 45 minutes in that film that we could have just trimmed out. <laughs> That's very fair. To keep me engaged, and, and I, I think it would be actually more of a classic now. More people would know about it because they wouldn't be falling asleep trying to watch it at 1 a.m. Like, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Not like I was. Yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> it's, it's weird because you say, hey, which scenes can you be taken out? Uh, probably the ones I don't remember because yeah. um, I stopped paying attention. It's so like half until, the movie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I stopped paying attention until something interesting happened. So whatever those scenes were, uh, take those out. <laughs> That's very fair. Here's a here's a point I wanted to bring up. You Well, Casey brought it up earlier. Um, this is very much like classical acting. Mm. You know what I mean? Like very dramatic. Like you can see like how well of an actor that Ellen Mirren is because of like her I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pose here. You can't see me. It's a podcast. But, oh, oh, like, they, they get a <laughs> yeah. lot He's of that going face. on. Yeah, classical acting. It's, it's cool. Again, it's funny you mentioned that because part of why she got that role, and as well as the actor for Merlin, who's unfortunately a name I can't remember, they had been brought in because they had been together on a uh, play of Macbeth. Oh, wow. uh, Nicole Williamson they, is Nicole, his name. Thank you. Nicole Williamson. And apparently they really did not like each other. <laughs> oh. So the director had brought them on because it's like, okay, I want some of that animosity on screen. Well, they got it when they were in the Fortress of Solitude, for sure. Yeah. Merlin's <laughs> little lair where he gets frozen, cursing her, trying to send her back to hell, but it didn't work out for very well for him. I love his accent throughout the movie. It is so dramatic. It's it's the whole thing is dramatic, <laughs> man. He's also, I love how he's like a little bit goofy yeah. as well, you know? Just a little, oh yeah, yeah. When he's like tripping up, oh, falling. <laughs> Arms are flailing around in the studio here. Yeah. I think part of that goofiness is what I like about it because it's like, it's supposed to be kind of a serious like fantasy adventure movie, <laughs> yeah. at, but it has comedic undertones. So but only re- with Merlin? <laughs> it, it just has comedic undertones like throughout the whole thing. There's a lot of, I've picked up on some satire throughout it. Yeah. But it reminds me, it gives off the vibe of like Labyrinth or like Monty Python. Yeah. And um, in my head canon, until they started actually looking for the Holy Grail in the movie, I thought, I was, I was like, oh, this is a prequel to... Uh, <laughs> Of Monty course, Python, Monty Python. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> They're going to start busting out the coconuts any second now. It's going to be great. I'm like, I'm just waiting for it to get like 
weird and then it and then it did oh yeah, yeah. it got there for me i would just say like this is a movie that i think both of these movies are just ones that you would watch on the weekend and you have to watch it with other people because watching it by yourself is just not as fun True. yeah you need the commentary yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. This, this would be a good like riff tracks movie for sure <laughs> definitely would so what do we think of well both movies don't really have a connection usually we have it's weird besides we medieval times I, yeah. oh, there is oh dang it it's medieval times <laughs> there is a real one I can think of is uh-huh. with, especially with uh, Cable Guy, because Matthew Broderick, he kind of, he would still, he's still been in films, but like, I feel like that was kind of near the tail end of him being like leading man in a lot of yeah. stuff. And then you, and Jim Carrey was kind of coming into his own to stuff with that. And then with, obviously, with this Excalibur, you have a lot of kind of the more classical actors. And then you get to see some of the new stuff coming in. So I guess kind of yeah. that connection. How old is Liam Neeson to have been? I, he looks like maybe he was he 35 He threw me in off movie. in this movie. Yeah. It was so crazy. He's got to be almost in his 70s. Yeah. All right. We got a little bit of time. So let's do, I'm going to do a little mini game. Ooh. So He's 70. Wow. Oh, wow. Liam Neeson is 70 years old. I didn't know old. that he was that old. Excalibur right here. Yeah. Uh-huh. We have Cable Guy right here. I'm, I'm motioning with my hands left and right. Yes. Can we link these movies through their actors? Ooh. Ooh. Okay. Ooh. Okay. So. And Excalibur, we have, well, I was going to say we have a star-studded cast. Yes, I'm can. lying. Oh, you can? The but Haunted it's... House, Liam Neeson, and Owen Wilson. Okay, let's try that again. Let's start from Excalibur. So Excalibur oh. has Liam Neeson. Yes. Liam Neeson was in? I believe it's called The Haunted House. It's, haunted House? It's some, the like, Haunting. It's, it's called The Haunting. The Haunting. The haunting. It's yeah. not a very good movie. Okay, The uh, Haunting has Owen Wilson? Yes. And Owen Wilson is in? Cable Guy. Oh, damn. Is he in The Cable Guy? Did I forget that? Yeah, he, he is. is. Yeah. He's the right. like love interest. Too. Wow, you you that did that really so quick. quick in your head. <laughs> <laughs> a lot faster than I thought it would have been. How about um? Can we link it with Jim Carrey somehow though? Like was the main Jim- characters. Patrick Stewart. Was Patrick Stewart in a movie with Jim Carrey at one point? I feel no, like I don't been. think that's true. Maybe. No. Or Liam Neeson. See, Patrick Stewart was in um. Have they ever them been in a movie with Bob Odenkirk though? Ooh. Because he's also in Cable Guy. Wow. Oh, what? Bob yeah. Odenkirk was in he Cable is. Guy. Man, yeah. he just—that's crazy. He's uh when they're doing like the family game night, he's one of like uh. Matthew Broderick's character's what a great, brothers. What a great Easter egg to find. That's he amazing. is Stephen's brother. I remember that yeah. now. Okay, that Which is Which is Bob funny Odenberg. when you kind of look yeah. at like the career trajectory of everyone where he is now and a lot. Not to say that the rest Jack of those people Black are doing. Jack Black is in this movie too. Yeah. I'm looking at the it, cast here. It's weird having Jack Black be in there because it's like he's not really Jack Black like he He's become. like young, right? He's young, but yeah. and he's not like Well, this is like early Tenacious Jack D Black. times for them too because like oh, they, yeah. they yeah. were in Biodome, Tenacious D was. Jack Black was in the, he was in the third uh, Never Ending Story movie i didn't even know there was a second there was never ending story wait, wait. Movie. <laughs> there's more than You're welcome. one it's a, it doesn't end it's a story no, that doesn't right. end never ending it, story it, there's not a fourth but there's probably seven of them by now right. i knew there was a never ending story animated series oh yeah. Uh, yeah uh would you recommend excalibur james probably that's sure. exactly my response yeah sure why not yeah why you can not? watch it i don't i don't i don't see why not <laughs> i'd have to read the person i don't know if i would just blindly recommend excalibur to everybody yeah if they mentioned they like Arthurian Tales, and I'm like, well, if they like Arthurian Tales, they've probably seen the movie. Let's be honest. If they vaguely like Arthurian Tales, I'm yeah. like, yeah, you know, there's a movie about that. It has Liam Neeson in it. One of the things <laughs> that I uh, was talking to you guys about before we start recording is that there was a version of the story that was done through Hallmark on NBC back in like the early 2000s or maybe even the late 90s, just called Merlin, where Sam Neill plays Merlin. Uh, I can't remember anybody else in the film, but uh, Helena Bonham Carter plays Morgana in it, I believe. And it is really, really good. It is uh, probably longer than this because it was a miniseries that they played. Yeah, it but it was really, Helena really well Helena Bonham Carter. Yeah. With Miranda Richardson. Yeah. You, you uh, Martin again, Short is in there. You all may know Miranda Richardson as Rita Skeeter from the Harry Potter movies, the reporter. Martin Short. 
Martin Short. Yes, he played uh, like a jester or something like that in that. James Earl Jones is in there. Yeah. <gasps> wow. Highly Dark recommend Bear. Merlin. So maybe I wouldn't recommend Excalibur. <laughs> You'd be like, no, just watch this one instead with um, with a very strange looking Sam Neill. Admittedly. Yeah. So if would you say if you like like visual stuff but not so much or if don't you care like much period about the plot? pieces <laughs> yes. and. If you like period pieces and not watching movies sober, please watch it. Yeah. <laughs> there, there, you there we go. Perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for tuning in to another episode of Cinema Obscura. Episode one in the books. I am your co-host, Casey Rafter. I am your other co-host, James Fife. I'm Alyssa Branham. And I'm Jacob Peterson. We'll see you next time. Goodbye. Bye. 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 Have a nice time. <laughs>